So today, I've got the, the job of advertising something that many of you think is political and talking about money. It's, it's, a, <laughs> it's a great Sunday, huh? Let's see if we can walk our way through this. You know, I don't think that book is political. I think that book is religious, so I hope you read it. And I think as we focus on dealing with our resources, we're dealing with things that are foundational to our being, our sense of who we are. So I invite you to, to listen through to, to what kind of sense we can make of what Jesus is, is teaching us today. Because we've been on this this trek of trying to just nail Jesus down as if he were around us and say, well, what do you, that you would have that understanding, that, that mindset, and then you would go like, well, who do I thank? Is, is there anybody here to thank? Well, we thank our loved ones for sure for, for reaching out and loving us, our friends for caring for us. We think of that, but when we, when we get into that foundational place, we start to think, well, is there something that kind of holds it all together? Is there a creative force? Is there a spiritual power? Is there something that even with our modern science, we can sit down and say, oh my God, thank you for this creation. And maybe we don't have all the answers to how black holes work and all that kind of stuff, but we've got some answers because when we sit there in the dark and the quiet by ourselves, we sense a transcendence that is more than us. And if you're wise with that sense of transcendence, as you sense it, you will say thank you. Thanks be to God that I am aware of this and that I have been blessed by this. A thankful heart goes a long way to growing into a loving heart. A thankful heart goes a long way into becoming a healthy body, a healthy mind. There are books on the attitude of gratitude. And what they're trying to convince you of is that yeah, <laughs> it's even in your self-interest to be a thankful person. And then this third aspect of stewardship, well, this has to do with partnering with one another because in that realization that you are grateful for this being, that you have, you realize that you can actually make it a little better if you combine with other grateful hearts and grateful, thankful souls. You can help spread the love that comes out of thankfulness into the community, into the world. So Jesus tells this story about what's called the widow's pittance. It's told in admiration of the contribution that she makes. And it's very, it's very in line. It's very in line with 
Jesus and his observations and his points of view. But it's also in line with Buddhism. It's also in line with uh, Judaism, this kind of uh, recognition of uh, blessing and sharing of blessing. It sounds very authentic to Jesus, though, in that when you listen to the scripture, it is surprising, and at first blush, it is ridiculous. It gets right to the point. Both wealthy and poor have given to the temple treasury, yet the poor person's gift is esteemed higher than the wealthy one's gift. Now, what kind of sense does that make? Especially when you're sitting in the priest chair of the temple and you're saying, hey, I got some expenses here. All these sacrificial animals I've got to buy, all the workers that clean up after we sacrifice all these animals, all the running of this whole operation. I need big money. I don't need two little pennies, says the priest in the temple, right? Uh, <laughs> This is where it's just so much like Jesus, right? Jesus is saying, step back, guy, step back. The poor person's gift is esteemed higher than the wealthy one's gift because the wealthy person gave out of his abundance. This widow, she gave out of her poverty. So you can imagine the scene. Jesus is walking to the temple. You know, this, this scene in, in Scripture happens after, the, uh, after, the, the past, uh, after Jesus has his triumphant entry into Jerusalem. You remember the uh, Palm Sunday story about riding in on the donkey? This has happened. And Jesus has cried over the city because it doesn't know uh, the ways of peace. It doesn't listen to the prophets. It's not listening to him. He's had that scene that's remembered as the cleansing of the temple, where in uh, righteous anger, he's scolding people for making the temple uh, a den of thieves. This story is prior to his arrest and crucifixion. He's walking in the temple, and the scribes are pestering him. They're pestering him with questions about his authority, and where does he get off talking like this, and who does he think he is to behave like this in the temple? And so in the context of all that confusion and stuff, Jesus, walking with his disciples, goes, hey, take a look at her. She is invisible to everyone. But not to Jesus. And he sees her making this private act of a thank offering. And he realizes the significance of that for this poor woman to be doing that. And he points her out with this lesson. And they see her. And maybe they understand her. Not sure. But he's trying to get them 
to understand her. It's like the woman who poured ointment on Jesus' feet and then, then cried, or, or the man with the donkey that just gave that over to Jesus for his entrance into Jerusalem, or the, or the woman who, what's her name? The woman that, that came up to Jesus when he fell with his cross and, and used the cloth to, to soothe his faith, or the man that helped carry the cross. Seemingly small gestures, right? Seemingly small gestures that were noticed. And we remember them 20 centuries later. Because in those gestures were acts of love, acts of sacrifice, acts of priority about the person's life. Jesus is making an observation about faith and stewardship here that many people give out of their abundance. It's not unappreciated giving out of our abundance. And though the gift may be very, very sizable, and you know, the temple rejoices if, if that priest could have come out and talked to Jesus, he would have scolded him, say, wait, don't, don't discourage these wealthy people giving to the temple. The temple appreciates everyone's generosity. The church appreciates everyone's generosity. But Jesus is noting that perhaps, maybe, often, the gift from the wealthy doesn't have the same pinch or meaning or significance as the gift from the poor. And with that observation, he's trying to teach us something about portionality, about meaning, appropriateness. The widow's gift is out of her poverty perhaps even putting her more at risk, or, or perhaps she has a, has a sense of God's providence in her life and she doesn't feel at risk and this is just giving all back to God because God gives all to her and she knows it. She lives in that place, perhaps. We don't really know. But we do know that it was a gift of significance that Jesus was noticing. The focus on the widow and her generosity in spite of her poverty draws our attention to how we are or, or perhaps how we are not good stewards of our resources. How we are or how we are not really generous. Jesus is teaching us the value of our use of our resources. And it's not how much we have that makes the difference. It's what we do with what we have that makes the difference.
in a society in which wealth is a measure of success and happiness, um, wealthy folk are usually esteemed and given special treatment back in those days and in our days. While the poor are judged as, as failures, somehow uh, morally askew or, or just not quite up to the task of life. They could have done better if only they had tried. You will hear all too often. Yet, our faith teaches us that a person's value or worth as a human is not measured by one's successfulness, but is measured by one's love and compassion and how we make that real with the resources that we have been blessed to amass. People are to be valued by their character, by their, by their faithfulness, we would say. Both wealthy folk and poor folk. Same criteria. And actually, same opportunity to evidence their faith and to make a difference for others. All of us are given that opportunity, regardless of our resources, our mental capacities, our physical abilities, we are all given that opportunity. And we can make a difference for others in a significant way from ourselves. Through the direction of our generosity? Is it, is it towards God and God's purposes? Is it towards me and my fun? Through the size of our generosity? Is it something that makes no difference in that I depart with it? Or is it a significant investment? that I'm making towards that person or that project or that need. We're no longer thinking that wealth is our ticket to heaven. How we live our faith relates to that kind of stuff, right? Our manner of stewardship witnesses to our faith, makes real our values and our priority. It gives life to our faith. Our engaging in prayer on a regular basis, our engaging in activities of compassion on a regular basis, our using our abilities on a regular basis to benefit people beyond our small little orb and are using our finances on a regular basis to help people in need and to make those NGOs and nonprofits thrive so that they can make a difference in people's lives in an organized way. We who have been fortunate with our labors, fortunate with our investments and all of that, we have been given a special opportunity to be of consequence for God and for our neighbor. 
our stewardship decisions reveal our understanding of that truth, of that special opportunity. And so I encourage you, as you think through this sermon and, and kind of make sense of Jesus' highlighting and what Jesus is trying to teach about living faith in a way that is significant to yourself and to your neighbor, I invite you to think about this, this prayer, this stewardship prayer. It goes like this. Lord, what do you want to do through me to accomplish your good purposes for our church and for our community? Amen.